Hey there, cabin crew, curious minds, and adventure enthusiasts. You've tuned in to a brand new episode of the Conversation Cabin Podcast, where we roll up our sleeves and dive headfirst into tales that send shivers down our spines. I'm your fearless host, Farah, and tonight we're stepping into the intriguing world of the Truckee River House. Nestled in whispers of local lore lies this seemingly ordinary yet suspiciously infamous property. The buzz around town hints at a tragic event, an apparent chilling murder-suicide that claimed five lives. Join me as we wander through the halls of this historic house, separating truth from fiction. But hold on to your hats, folks. The plot thickens with rumors of mysterious skinwalkers roaming the neighboring lands. Are these legends spun from the fabric of imagination or a reality too unsettling to comprehend? We're here to sift through the stories and uncover the truth. As I always like to do, I lay out all the information that I find and you make your own opinion. So grab your favorite beverage and don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like and share this episode. Let's keep the conversation going, shall we? Whispers in the Night, unraveling the haunted secrets of the Truckee River House starts now. Loftus of Bailey says something crashed into their backyard pub in the call 911 saying they saw creatures with the beast in the road. road. Jeffrey Dunn. And tomorrow, a man named Ted Bundy was going to die in Florida's electric chair. They do exist, but they don't exist. They keep telling us they don't exist, but they block every opportunity. Conversation Cabin Podcast. Okay, hey, cabin crew. So first, before we start tonight's episode, I added this little tidbit during the editing process. Let me just give you all a rundown of what is going on in my life, because I do not want you to think that I have become intentionally inconsistent in dropping these episodes. First of all, after I moved to our new place, because Jake had started school at the beginning of September, this is an aircraft mechanic course that he's taking. So let me just give you two words that entails physics and the hardest math you can imagine. Also, if he fails one test, He's out of the program, which you can't blame the program because, of course, you don't want someone who fails a test 
to be working on the airplane that you are flying in, correct? All right. I have had to, for the past month, literally study with Jake almost every single night, at the least every other night for a few hours. He has packets that he goes over and I have to go through the packets and ask him the question and he gives the answer and we go through it like four or five times until it's ready for bed. And I have to go to bed at a decent time because I get up in the morning and go to work. So I work full time. I'm helping my husband get through school and I'm trying to do a podcast at the same time And then when I do finally get time to record, then I'm having unfortunate editing issues. So I have a program named Descript. It's a great program, but it's also a new program. They're working out kinks still. So I went to another program, Podcastle, same thing. It's a new editing software. They're working out kinks. Things happen. What I have decided to do, because I do not like not being consistent with dropping episodes, is I'm going just for now, for now, I'm going to change to one episode every two weeks, because that way, at least you will get those one episode every two weeks on time. Once we get a better handle on Jake's schedule, goodness, in one month, he had eight exams. It's just insane. So I apologize deeply. I do have a great show when I have these episodes done and they're done well. They're done amazing. I'm so proud of them. I work so hard You have no idea how much money that I spend monthly in the two different programs, into all of the different apps that I use to make video advertising, just everything. I I spend between $150 and $200 a month alone just on the two programs and apps that I use to bring this whole podcast together. My deepest apologies to all of you, Cabin Crew. This is something that I have wanted to do as ever, but life happens. And as upset and sad and angry that I can get sometimes at this, I can't be upset, sad, and angry that Jake is going to school to better our future. I just, I can't do that. Although, yes, I still sit in my office and I cry because I have no time to do what I love to do. If you can bear with me for the next few months while I'm trying to get a handle on this new life that we have for 20 months, I would really appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, I would really appreciate it. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. I don't know if any of you have heard of the Truckee River murder house. If you haven't, I would suggest going to YouTube and typing up the haunted side. There is an investigator on there, a paranormal investigator named Patrick McCreary, who has been out there several times. It's one of his favorite places to go because of all the strange activity that he gets there. 
I do know that Twin Paranormal has been out there as well doing investigation. I invite you to go and watch episodes, some paranormal investigation episodes on the Truckee River Murder House because you will see what I'm talking about in this episode. Let me give you a little rundown of where this house is. So Truckee, California. It's an incorporated town in Nevada County. According to the 2010 U.S. Census, it had a population of 16,180, making it the 316th most populous town in California and the 2,114th most populous in the United States. Woo, those are some numbers. The town is located along Interstate 80 and is known for its proximity to Lake Tahoe and the Truckee River. It has a continental climate with dry summers and snowy winters, receiving an average of 206.6 inches of snow annually. Truckee has a rich history, including being a resting point for Native American tribes, and get this, the location of the infamous Donner Party tragedy. Now, if you do not know the Donner Party tragedy, first of all, know that I will be covering this story. But to give a little summary, if you are not familiar with it, this tragedy, it's a story of survival desperation, and sadly, tragedy during the westward expansion of the United States in the 19th century. So here's the deal. Back in 1846, a group of around 90 pioneers known as the Donner Party, named after two brothers, George and Jacob Donner, set out from Illinois to make a new life in California. They were lured by the promise of prosperity and fertile farmland and decided to take a new route called the Hastings Cutoff, which was supposed to be a shortcut. This turned out to be a serious mistake. The route was far more difficult than they expected, leading to delays and depletion of their supplies. By the time winter set in, the Donner Party was in the Sierra Nevada mountains far from their destination. They were trapped by heavy snowfall with limited supplies and shelter. In the harsh conditions, the group was unable to proceed or retreat, and their situation quickly became dire. As their food ran out and rescue seemed unlikely, oh, this is crazy, some members of the party resorted to cannibalism to survive, eating those who had already died from starvation or the cold. This grim survival tactic has become one of the most infamous aspects of the Donner Party tragedy. It wasn't until February and March of 1847 that rescue parties from California were able to reach the stranded pioneers. Of the original group of around 90, only 48 survived. The Donner Party's ordeal has since become a symbol of the dangerous and harsh conditions faced by pioneers during the westward expansion. 
First of all, let me ask you all a question. Say you were in that type of situation. Would you resort to cannibalism? I always put an ad out that says that the episode is now live. So for this episode, I want you to leave a comment for the question. What would you do in a situation like this? Would you resort to cannibalism to survive? It's actually a very good question to ask yourself. How far would you go to survive? Now, a little description of the Truckee River House. So in its present condition, it looks like just a small A-frame one-room home, but it used to be a little bit bigger. With the years going by, a lot of it has collapsed within itself, but there's still the main entrance of the home. That's where everyone investigates. Okay, so this property was very hard to research because of the fact that it is a home that was built a long time ago. So with that being said, it doesn't have a lot of documented history because back in the day, they didn't really have ways to document history. But I'm going to let you in on the two stories that I know of. First of all, there is a story about apparently the stone cabin along the Truckee River was the site of a brutal murder in the 1940s when a family of five was killed by a hitchhiker. Now, from what I know of the story, adding in also the evidence that has come from paranormal investigations, there is always this child. I don't know if 100% sure it is a child or if it is a girl as it is coming across as, but they have constantly said throat, the word throat or cut some tend to think that this little girl's or little child's throat was cut. Now, for any of you that don't really watch paranormal investigations, I'm going to play a short clip from one of the haunted sides investigations at the Truckee River Murder House for you to hear what I'm talking about. What you will hear first will be the spirit box say, hurt my throat. A spirit box is a radio that scans radio frequencies very fast and spirits are said to be able to speak through the white noise. Then what you will hear is the word cut. It comes from an ovulus. An ovulus is a device that measures the EMF, which is electromagnetic frequency and also temperature. Spirits are said to manipulate the world around them to be able to make a word through this device. And then you will hear toward the end where Jason screams Patrick's name because this is when the apparition had flown past the doorway that was right by Jason and had knocked the camera down. And if you know anyone that has been scared, really scared, truly scared, then you know what their voice sounds like. So I'm going to play this for you now. And then, hey, you let me know what you think you hear. Hey, somebody- 
we came in here and, and hurt my throat. Did you hear that? Cut. Oh, I don't like how it said that either. I will put the URL for this exact investigation so you can watch the whole thing and, of course, tell me what you think. This story, though, of the hitchhiker killing a family of five, I just couldn't find much on it. Now, here's the weird thing. I had found a story about a family of five, but it wasn't in the 1940s. In the LA Times, it was an apparent murder-suicide claims family of five in Nevada. April 8th, 1991 is when the newspaper article was written, and it was written by Henry Weinstein or Weinstein, not Harvey Weinstein, the sexual abuser man, but (laughs) Henry Weinstein. This is a LA Times staff writer. When I was looking at this story in reference to where the Truckee River Murder House is, apparently they were found by the Truckee River itself, the Truckee Canal. A little bit about this story that I found in a somber and heartbreaking incident, a man from Michigan grappling with unemployment and the weight of financial struggles is thought to have committed a tragic act in a remote part of Northern Nevada. According to authorities, David L. Greenwood, 32, believed to be deeply affected by his dire financial situation, is suspected of taking the lives of his wife, Elizabeth, 31, and their three children before turning the gun on himself with a 9mm carbine one fateful Saturday afternoon. An investigator from the Washoe County Coroner's Office revealed that it seemed David Greenwood carried out this devastating act. The children involved were Derek Owen Bird, 10 years old, and Linda May Bird, 8 years old, who were Elizabeth Greenwood's children from a previous marriage as well as Stormy Lynn Greenwood, only two years old. That was the couple's own child. So that is what I found as far as a documented murder that took place in or around there. I also researched for the skinwalker part of it. And if you are not familiar with skinwalkers, I want you to picture this. You're out in the middle of nowhere, maybe hiking through the desert or wandering around a dense forest at night. And suddenly you get this eerie feeling like you're being watched. That's when you hear it rustle in the bushes, howl in the distance. You start to wonder if it's just your imagination playing tricks on you, but then you remember the legends of 
the Skinwalkers. Now, I have covered Skinwalkers way back when I first started the Conversation Cabin, and I did it with my wonderful friends, the Paranormal Project. We had covered the mysteries of the Uinta Basin. Vicky from Mrs. Spooky Obsessed Podcast covered Skinwalkers in general. Courtney, Amanda, and I covered certain ranches that skinwalkers were said to be on. Vicky introduced us all of what a skinwalker is. If you did not hear that episode, they're creatures from Native American folklore, especially prominent in the Navajo culture. And as I just said that word Navajo, I'm I need to stop to tell you a story real quick because I found it so funny. So I'm not going to name the name of the channel on YouTube, but there is a paranormal investigation couple. It's a guy and a girl and they are from Canada. One time they did a paranormal investigation. They were going to an area where the Navajo tribes were said to have inhabited that area, but the guy called it the Navajo. Is it called the Navajo? Am I wrong? Is it Navajo or Navajo? But I could have swore it was Navajo. But correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm getting off topic. But okay, skinwalkers are said to be witches or medicine men who have the ability to shapeshift into animals. These shape-shifting abilities allow them to take on the form of any animal they choose, whether it's a wolf, coyote, owl, or even something more sinister. Legend has it that skinwalkers use their powers for dark and malevolent purposes. They can mimic the sounds and movements of animals to confuse and terrify their victims. Now, again, side note, when I had watched a lot of Patrick's investigations on the haunted side, there were some crazy sounds coming out from the darkness. Some tales even claim that they can possess or control the bodies of other people using them to carry out their nefarious deeds. Encounters with skinwalkers are Said to be harrowing and unsettling, people who claim to have encountered them describe feeling, feelings of dread and an overwhelming sense of evil. They're said to have glowing, piercing eyes that can see right into your soul, and their presence is often accompanied by a found by a foul stench or an aura of darkness. And again, going back to a lot of the investigations that I had watched out there at the Truckee River Murder House, they have caught some crazy glowing eyes. Another capture from that same investigation that Patrick and Jason did was on an episode of Paranormal Caught on Camera. They had captured what looks like a hand that is reaching out from the basement and then pulling back in. It's very creepy, very scary. You look at it yourself and tell me what you think. Now, another capture that they made on this investigation was by using the SLS camera. 
The SLS means structured light sensor. And what this does is it's using like a connect from the gaming system where it will map out a body. So usually it's like a dot for the head, two dots, one for each shoulder, two dots as in one side of each hip and the legs, so on and so forth. When there is not a person standing in front of the camera, it actually captures as if it was a person standing in front of the camera. But with your own eyes, you're seeing nothing. You're just looking at the screen and you're seeing it mapping out like a figure. So it is a very cool piece of equipment. And I'm going to play you a part in this investigation of when they start to see this come up, this figure on their SLS camera, just so you can hear if you're not someone that watches paranormal investigations, even if you are a diehard skeptic, at least watch some where you can see the new equipment that is out there. Just because these people are using equipment, it doesn't mean that they're not still skeptical. It just means that they're trying to use things that might be able to help us understand. You tell me what it is then if if it's not a spirit. This isn't mapping anybody to. Can you hear me? So they're on right there. Okay. Can you walk over to the other side? Oh, on my shoulder. There's another one right here. That's exactly what it is. Okay, I'm going to come to you. Now it's on the ground. Couldn't stay there. Okay, so I will actually put the URL of that exact paranormal investigation in the show notes of this episode, so that way you can all watch it for yourselves. So skinwalkers come from tribes, and guess what? There were tons of tribes out there around the Truckee, California area. I found was the Washoe tribe. The Washoe people have a significant historical presence in the region, including areas around Lake Tahoe and, you guessed it, the Truckee River. They are native to the Great Basin area, which includes parts of Nevada, California, and Oregon. There's another one, forgive me if I'm not saying it correctly, it's either Nisman or Nisman. The Nisman people inhabited areas of the Sierra Nevada foothills and valleys, including regions close to the Truckee area. Another tribe, the Northern Paiute tribe, historically occupied parts of Eastern California, including areas around the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And then the other one I found was the Miwuk or Miwuk. The Miwuk people were present in various parts of Northern California, including areas in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. There you go. You have a few different Indian tribes that could definitely carry the presence of skinwalkers out there. And just knowing that a lot of their land was taken, they cursed that land to whoever had taken it. And that's what the skinwalkers are there to do is disrupt. If anyone has had an experience at the Truckee River Murder House, please contact me. Either message me on Instagram or email me at the conversation cabin at gmail.com. I love 
to hear more stories of this place on what people have found out there. Share your evidence with me. I'll share it with everyone else. I'm very excited to do that. That closes this episode of the Conversation Cabin podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So when you're done listening, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating or review. Your feedback helps us reach new listeners and continue to produce quality content for you. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Sharing our podcast and episodes with your friends, family, and fellow enthusiasts is the best way to show your support. So feel free to spread the word and let others join in on the conversation. You can find us on all major streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. I want to take a sec to say thank you for your support. Each episode of the Conversation Cabin podcast takes a lot of research, writing, and your involvement really means a lot. Remember, if you have a spine-chilling experience or encounter of your own that you'd like to share on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Email us at theconversationcabin at gmail.com. And who knows, your story might make its way into a future episode. Stay connected with us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, at The Conversation Cabin, and also Twitter X at Explore Your Strange with a U-R for your. I've opened my Patreon page, so I will add the link to the show notes. I have two tiers for your budget convenience. By joining our Patreon, you get a variety of amazing benefits, exclusive bonus material that I'll be putting out, and a chance to win free merchandise. The opportunity to co-host an episode with me, newsletters, and even VIP live sessions and more. Let's grow the show and expand the Cabin Crew. The official Cabin Crew merch store is open for business. I'll add the link to the show notes as well. We have some great designs and more coming as I try to balance work studying with Jake and everything that comes with podcasting. But stay tuned for our next episode. It will be more of a full episode. I'll be covering the infamous H.H. Holmes, and it will be featuring a special guest. So until next time, cabin crew, explore your strange.